This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyiyati a'malina. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُتِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْضُ فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الْكَلَامِ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهُدَى هُدَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَشَرُّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْتَثَاتُهَا وَكُلُّ مُحْتَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٌ وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ وَكُلُّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ we're going to skip over the hadith about the mutanatti'oon and we'll go to the hadith after that inshallah and then after the winter conference bi'idhnillah when we make a stitnaf of our durus we will make the sharh of halakal mutanatti'oon inshallah so today's hadith is the one that's after it it's the hadith that's been collected by imam Abu Dawood who was from the fuqaha of the ulama of al-hadith although his book is not on the level in terms of authenticity that you find Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim the Sahihain nonetheless it's the third one in line and it's the top book of the Qutb al-Sunnah those four books but that doesn't take away from the fact that he was a faqih. And Imam Abu Dawood brought this hadith on the authority of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As is a distinguished companion ya ahl hadith ya ummat al-Islam ya tullab al-ilm. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As out of all of the companions. May Allah be pleased with them. Narrated in Nuh, the majority of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. But for different reasons, he was surpassed by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. And that's the kalam of Abu Huraira himself. He said, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As used to write the hadith down. And I, Abu Huraira, I did not memorize them. One of the reasons that Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As came down below Abu Hurairah in terms of his proficiency in al-Hadith is that he narrated a lot of Israeliyat. 
those narrations that come from the Jews and the Christians that we don't know, are they true or are they not true? And I'm mentioning that because during these days of so-called Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Isa ibn Maryam, salawatullahi alayhi, there's a lot of khurafat that Muslims believe in, or we believe in things that are not established. And to be a person like that in the past, that will wreck your deen to a certain degree. It will cause you to come down if you are rawi of a hadith. So if you are from those people who are like what they call the hatabul layl, hatabul layl is the person who goes out and he collects wood in the dark. And he doesn't know, did he pick up a snake? Did he pick up a branch? Did he pick up some whatever? He not, he's not making, he's not discerning. So they used to criticize the ulama of al-hadith and the muhaddithin if they just took these Israeliyat, Adam's son is Cain and Abel, and we talk like that. Her name is Bilqis, and we talk emphatically like that. In the case of Isa ibn Maryam, things that people believe that when Isa comes back, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he's going to get married, and he's going to have children. We don't have any proof for that. We don't accept it. We don't reject it. We follow the minhaj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. إِذَا حَدَّثَتْكُمْ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ فَلَا تُصَدِّقُوهُمْ وَلَا تُكَذِّبُوهُمْ If Alul Hadith, Alul Kitab, Jews and Christians say something to you, Adam went to the apple tree. Apple tree? If they tell you something, don't believe it and don't disbelieve it. Don't believe it and don't disbelieve it. Because you may be believing something that's not true. Or you may be rejecting something that's not true. That is true. So with Isa ibn Maryam, there are a lot of issues like that. They didn't kill him, nor did they crucify him, but it was made to appear that way. So in the Christian theology, the one who was commonly accused of being the one who was Crucified is Judas, the one who they said ratted Isa ibn Maryam out, ate cheese and ratted him out. Allahu alam. We don't believe it. We don't disbelieve it. Was he the one that Allah gave the tashbih and he resembled Isa? You can say that's been narrated. And Imam Ibn Kathir in his book Al-Bidayah wa Nihaya, he bring a lot of those narrations. But he always brings them after what's authentic. And he's letting you know that these are from the Israeliyat. So that book, Qasus al-Anbiya, the story of the prophets and the messengers. Be careful, be careful. Don't read everything in those books and you just believe it. I was talking to a brother from America the other day, two days ago, and I wanted to teach him this lesson. He was talking about Ayub. And he was speaking about Ayub, emphatic that Ayub's wife was going to go and sell her hair to get some money and this and that. That's not a big deal to me, sell her hair, don't sell her hair. But I knew that the narration sounded weird. So I said, where's that at? He looked for it for two or three days. He came back and said, I don't find it. Be careful about what you read and you take as the deen. Some issues are more severe than others. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As had more hadith than Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira said that. But he used to narrate the Israeliyat when he went to Sham and he started mixing with Alul Kitab. The other thing that's important about Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Az is 
He's one of the companions with the name Abdullah and they're known as the Abadala. The Abadala. We should know who the Abadala are by now. So if I chose you right now and said, who are the Abadala? You're not going to get it wrong. You're not going to hesitate and you're not going to include Abdullah bin Mas'ud with them. Radiallahu anhum. So they are Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As. Abdullah ibn Umar. Abdullah ibn Abbas. And Abdullah ibn Zubair. Abdullah ibn Zubair is the one who people replace him with. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud because of the knowledge of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And that's not to take anything away from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. But the Abadala, when you hear those scholars of the hadith say that the Abadala narrated that, it's one of those technical terms, mustalahat in al-Islam and ilm al-hadith that we should know. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Az, he along with his father were Muslims. His father was a tremendous personality in al-Islam. Now is not the time to talk about that, but go back and read about his father. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Az said that the Nabi of Islam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in today's hadith, qaflatun the word ghazwa, which is war, jihad, ghazwa, ka is, you know, the ka, it's like. So I'm going to say it three more times, because you have to write it down to memorize this one. This may be a new one for you. And if you see it, as the Prophet told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, seeing is not like hearing. When Musa was told, your people are worshiping the calf. And Allah told him that. And Allah Ta'ala, he tells the truth. And Musa knows everything that Allah said is truthful. But he didn't get upset, he didn't mad. But when he came down and he saw with his own eyes what Bani Israel were doing, he threw the parchments out of anger and asif. So being able to see the khatib is not the same as just hearing him. And being able to hear the word is not like seeing and hearing the word. Qaflatun kaghazwatin. Qaflatun with a qaf. Qaflatun kaghazwatin. Last time, qaflatun kaghazwatin. I say it and you say it. Qaflatun kaghazwatin. Qaflatun kaghazwatin. My man right there, we're going to be doing this for a time, so I just choose one at a time. My Somali brother with the beautiful smile, mashallah, may Allah give you sadaqah and khay for that, that smile right there. Qaflatun kaghazwatin. Good job, my brother, good job. Nuruddin, nawrallah ayamakum, tfadl. Akhi Ali, a'lallah manzilatik fil jannah. Good job. Qaflatun kaghazwatan it means Qafla means to come back to come back from the jihad in this case Imam Abu Dawood narrated this hadith in the chapters about jihad and people who go overboard in jihad and takfir and they want to argue about these issues and make takfir and talk about khuruj and this and that and fight and argue, may Allah protect us in our shabab. You'll be hard pressed to find that they wrote the hadith in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim about 
the ghazawat of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or these abwab of jihad in the sunnah of Imam Abu Dawood. This hadith is talking about the adab, the ahkam of al-jihad. The jihad that we don't apologize about. But it's a jihad that has its time, its place, its people, its ahkam, its adab. Not the fasad of these people. And I don't have to name them because you know who I'm talking about. Boko Haram and other than that. Shabab, Qaeda, people were extreme. We don't apologize about our deen. But we say... There's a time and a place and understanding for everything. Ghaflatun kaghazwatan, it means when you're coming back from the jihad after finishing the jihad fi sabirillah, for the ilah, the kalim of Allah azawajal. When you're coming back, he said coming back from the jihad is just like making jihad. Coming back from the jihad is just like the one who made the jihad, meaning you're going to get rewarded for this ibadah. So when you're going and you're preparing for jihad, and you have the niyan, and you're preparing for hajj, for umrah, come to the masjid, give a sadaqah. You're preparing for some kind of ibadah that's going to take some extended amount of time. The preparation that goes into it, and then going to do it, and then coming back from it, and it is ajr. And it is ajr. Provided you do it with the correct niyan, and provide it, you do it in the right way. That's the meaning of this hadith. There are other meanings that scholars give, inshallah, I may mention some at the end, but I see them as being weak and we're not going to spend time doing that. We want to put emphasis on this because it touches everybody here. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, again he said, qaflatun kaghazwatan. You went and you made jihad and you got the reward, Coming back from the jihad after the jihad is also rewards. And you people do the same thing, all of us. There was a companion, as Ubay ibn Kaab narrated, this companion from the Ansar lived far, far away from the masjid. And he said he lived further away than everybody else. And he didn't find it easy coming to the masjid, but he would walk to the masjid and walk home and Ubay ibn Kaab, one of the ulama of the Qur'an from the companions, he said, I don't think that man ever missed jama'ah, salat and jama'ah, ever. And yet his home was far, far, far away. So the companions suggested to him, being the brother, giving him advice to help him. They said, why don't you buy a himar, a donkey? They didn't say a big Arabian stallion because the man doesn't have money. Why don't you at least buy a himar? So that you can ride that himar akramakumullah and you can come when it's very hot, it'll help you out. And when it's very dark, in the vulma and the radma, you'll get your reward and it'll be easier for you. The man said, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go through all of that. I don't wanna go through all of that. He said, I'm hoping and I'm praying that Allah will reward me for my walking to the masjid and my walking home from the masjid. When the man said that and the Prophet heard it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the authentic hadith, you will get what you intended. You will get that thing that you want. I want Allah to reward me for walking to the masjid and for going back home. So everybody knows when you come to the masjid, for every right step, 
you get one hasana written. For every left step coming, you get a sayyidah taken off. And when you come to the masjid like this, there's reward. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا يزال أحدكم في الصلاة ما دامت الصلاة تحبسه لا يمنعه أن ينقلب إلى أهله للصلاة One of you, each and every one of you you will be in prayer you are in prayer you are praying as long as the reason why you're waiting is to make the salat as long as you're waiting for the prayer you are in prayer although you didn't pray yet he said, it's only the prayer that prevents you from going home to your family. And another hadith similar to that, he said, if you come and you pray and you sit here and you stay in your position and you keep making the dhikr of Allah and you hold on to your wudu, you're still in the prayer. And the malaika are there making dua, Allahumma ghfir lahu, Allahumma arhamhu, as long as you keep your wudu. They're making dua. You pray Salat al-Isha. It's done. It's finished. Everybody got up, they left. But the student stayed. He has wudu. The malaik are making dua for him. And it's still being written for him that he is in his prayer. It's not just for jihad. He is in his prayer. So that hadith is an encouragement. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about that hadith, he said, he will get the reward as long as he doesn't lose his wudu. They said, what is losing the wudu? They wanted to be sure. He said he passes when that you don't hear the noise. Or he passes when that makes a loud noise. Either this or that. So if it's easy for you to maintain and to hold on to and to preserve your wudu, then inshallah do that. But it's not wajib. The Prophet told that man, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah has gathered all of that for you. Walking and going back and all of those rewards. That's one of the many ibadat of Al-Islam that are like that. That the ibadat in Al-Islam is not just, I intend to do that thing and this over. And we can give you a lot of them, but we just want to give you one. Because there are some students from amongst you, I keep asking you, إِلَى مَتَى يَا فُلَانِ إِلَى مَتَى يَا فُلَانِ Until when are you going to stay unmarried? Until when you're going to get married, brother? What's, wait, what's making you wait so long? We're not telling you to marry anybody. But from one of the best ibadat for rewards is the ibadah of getting married. The ibadah of getting married. Because you get out of it more than just, I got married. And I got my shahwa. It's more than that. It's continuous rewards, constant rewards. Getting married, putting food in the mouth of the wife, having relationships because you did it at the right time in the right place with the right person, and so many issues. Educating your kids, those guys praying, memorizing the Quran, those guys making adhkar. And then after all of that, you finally die. And the Prophet mentions sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith that's ma'roof, mashhoor, everybody knows it. إِذَا مَاتَ إِبْنُ آدَمْ إِنْ قَطْعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ If one of the people dies, all of his rewards are finished, his actions except one of three. One of them is, he gave sadaqa jariya. He gave a continual sadaqa. Built a well, made a school, built a masjid. Number two, 
He left some knowledge like Imam Abu Dawood, like Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, and mentioned in this hadith that he narrated. There is a hadith, and number three, and number three, وَلَدٍ صَالِحٍ يَدْعُ لَهُ He has a righteous son or daughter making dua for him. He got married. And his thing was, oh Allah, get me out of this prison of being a bachelor. That's what he wants to do. But all those other things came after. And then he died. And then that young boy, young girl, his daughter, son makes dua for him. And he goes up and up and up. As it relates to getting knowledge, there's a hadith that says, مَنْ خَرَجَ فِي طَلَبَ الْعِلْمِ كَانَ فِي الْجِهَادِ Anybody who goes out to get knowledge, learn the Quran, learn Arabic, learn Tajweed, learn Tafsir, learn the two hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whatever, he went out to get knowledge, whatever it was. He will be considered to be a mujahid fi sabirillah until he comes back. That hadith is not authentic. Some scholars say it's authentic, but it's not authentic. But the meaning should be considered. That if you go out to get knowledge, it's more rewards than just, I'm going to get knowledge at Green Lane Masjid or wherever. This upcoming winter conference, inshallah, there are some real qualified, competent people who are going to be here to teach. So you have to let and make your face be up in the sauce to the best of your ability. And as the teacher, I guarantee you, but don't tell the management at Green Lane. If you guys want to come up in the private meetings, I'll let all of you come up. But don't tell Green Lane what I said. That's just between you guys. So that you get an opportunity to sit with not du'at and people give mu'idha, but people who know this religion. Fiqh and asulul fiqh. And they're in a position to answer the issues that are concerning us. Golden opportunity. And don't be like those people who they warn against connecting the community with people of knowledge, especially those people competent and qualified for one reason or another. May Allah save us from being the amin. So as it relates to this issue of this hadith, it's a focus and an emphasis on the ibadat that you do. Jihad, Umrah, whatever the ibadah is, you're just not doing that one ibadah. Don't think of it like that. Don't look at it like that. There are a lot of rewards and abwab that are connected to that thing. And what the student of the knowledge really does is he tries to engage himself in those ibadat that he gets the majority of the rewards in. That's why getting knowledge is more difficult than sitting and just saying he said this, she said that, he's on it, she's off it. That, that kalam fatic is easy. Anybody can do it. Ignorant, sincere, not sincere, intelligent, anybody can do that. But getting knowledge is something that requires more than that. Salab and seriousness. From the benefit of the hadith ikhwani, and there are many, is the fact that it shows the importance of the niyyah that people have. They say that the niyyah in al-Islam is ablaq than the action itself. Your niyyah and your intention, it is more important or it is more, yes, important. Ablaq min al-fi'l. There's a better word than I'm looking for. Al-niyyah ablaq min al-amal. It's more profound. Your niyyah is more profound. 
Because if a person intends to do something and he doesn't do it because he was prevented it from doing it, but he intended it, he'll still get the reward of it. He intended to give 100 pounds, visa bidila, 100. But something came up, he had to give that 100 pounds to his relative. He'll still get the reward of his niyat. He'll get that reward of it. Now had he given the 100 pounds, that 100 pounds would have went up to 700 pounds. He doesn't get the 700 because he didn't give it. But he'll get the reward of what his niyat was. It's abla than the action. And if a person intends to do evil and he doesn't do the evil because he changed his mind, he'll get a reward. It's a hasana. So the niyyah is important and this hadith shows that. You go to jihad with a proper niyyah, you come back, you get reward for going, you get reward for coming. Masjid, going, coming, same thing. And again, the niyyah in al-Islam is important. So we have to make jihad and mujahada as it relates to clarifying and correcting our niyyah. The Prophet was making jihad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he told his companions in the bin Medina aqwamin aqwamin kharaju lam yakhruju habasahum habis in Medina there are some people who were not able to go out for jihad like you you people are making jihad and we're traveling he said those people were prevented from coming man had to take care of his mother a man's wife was about to have a baby a man didn't have a horse he didn't have money another man was sick another man was handicapped he had special needs. They couldn't. They were prevented. Habasahum habisun. They were held back. Rasulullah said, you people never climbed the mountain. You never walked through a valley. You never did anything except that they're getting the same reward. And they're in Medina. They're in Medina. So that hadith that I was mentioning about whoever makes jihad, he goes out to get knowledge and while he's out, he's written down as a mujahid till he comes back. The hadith is weak, but it's important that you make your near. I want to go and study so that I can come and give da'wah with Allah. I want to go and study so I can better my situation. I want to go and study so that I can bring khair to the creation and so forth and so on. So the one who comes and he teaches the people good, the reward of that, he's giving ihya to the deen, life to the deen and so forth and so on. So the hadith shows the importance of the niyyat in all of our actions. Number two, this hadith shows in al-Islam the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is jawad and Allah is kareem. Allah is kareem and he is jawad. The hadith said in Allah jawad wa yuhibbul jud. Allah is jawad, generous. And he loves Jude, he loves generosity. And Kareem, he's Kareem, which also means curiosity, uh, generosity. So there are certain names of Allah, they almost mean the same thing. And if you just took the time out to study the names of Allah, as are generally attributes, that's why it is a shame that we see these people arguing against the way of the Salaf, when it comes to Allah's names and attributes, those companions, may Allah be pleased with them, when they heard these attributes of Allah, and these names of Allah, they didn't play games with it. They didn't learn from Aristotle and Plato and all of these people to learn about Al-Islam. Christianity as we have it today, 
this celebration of Christmas and all of this madness, a lot of that comes as a result of the role that the Greeks and the Romans played in meshing their religion with idolatry, paganism. And as the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you people, Shibram bi shibr you people, this ummah, you're gonna follow Al-Kitab and everything that they did. Everything that they did. So what happened to Al-Kitab? The religion of Isa ibn Maryam was changed by Greeks and the Romans. Jesus being born on the 25th day. There's nothing in their religion that says that. Nothing in their book that says that. As a matter of fact, it appears not to be the case. In their own book, it said, when he was born, in their own book, I'm just saying what it says. In their own book, it said that the shepherds were out grazing their sheep when he was born. They don't graze their sheep in December. It's too cold. That's their own book. If you ask any of them, where's the proof of that? No proof. What happened? Persians, Egyptians, all of these people in the past, the nomadic people, these, these people. On the 25th, these people used to believe the sun had a God. And they just introduced to the Christians what they were doing, Greeks and Romans. The same thing that happened to them happened to us in our Aqidah. Muslims want to learn about Allah's attributes and his names based upon the philosophy of those people. So Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. You have to know the difference between the two. Although both of them come from Rahma, but they're not the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Jawad and Kareem. Both mean generous, but I want to ask the audience, what's the difference between the two? Allah is Kareem and he's Jawad. What's the difference between the two? Akhi Jamil from Lithuania, Barakallah Fikum. What is the difference between Allah's Jawad and Kareem? What's the difference between the two? Both are generous. What's the difference? Last brother, last person, last person. My brother, what's your name? Abdul Shakur. Abdul Shakur? You're not a revert, are you? Where are you from? Hmm? Burman. No, I mean, I mean originally, man. Kashmir. Kashmir, Pakistan. Kashmir. Abdul Shakur. Find out is Shakur a name from the names of Allah next time I see you, inshallah. Abdul Shakur. What's the difference between Kareem and Jawad? Habibi. <laughs> both, of, both of them mean generosity. But what's the difference between the two? Allah is Kareem and he's Jawad. Jawad. You. That's a Rahman Rahim. Allah is a Rahim, merciful to the believers only. And Allah is a Rahman, he's merciful to everybody in the dunya. But Yawm Al-Qiyami won't be merciful to non-Muslims. He won't be Rahim to non-Muslims. He's only Rahim to the believers. Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And that's coming from what Allah said about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Bil Mu'mineen 
Ra'ufur Rahim. He said that the Nabi is Rahim to the believers. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Akhi Nur al-Din, the Zaim of Cameroon, Abu Adam. You got married, alhamdulillah, so all that clam was not applicable to you. Alhamdulillah. And if you see Nur al-Din's hat right there, that's an indication he's a happy man right there. That color. Nur al-Din, Jawad and Kareem. Good job. Good job. Good job. Kareem, a person who's Kareem. Allah's Kareem. Walillahi al-Mathrul A'la. Kareem is the one who when you ask him for something, he gives to you. He's Kareem. Inna Allah hayi Kareem. Yastahi yarfa' abduhu ilayhi yadayhi fayurudduhuma sifran kha'ibatayn. Allah is Kareem. He's alive. Allah Azawajal is shy in a way that befits His Majesty. He is shy if his slave raises his hand up and asks him for something and Allah doesn't give it to him. So he's Kareem when his slave raises his hand and asks him. He wants to give to you. Jawad is the one Allah gives without you asking. You didn't ask. We're sitting here right now and as he mentioned in the Quran, وَإِن تَعُدُّ نِعْمَةُ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا وَآتَاكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ مَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُ Allah has given you from everything that you asked him for. وَإِن تَعُدُّ نِعْمَةُ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا And if you were to count and enumerate the name of Allah upon you, you'd never be able to do it. So if I look at each and every one of you, you have a lot of ni'mah. Do you have everything you want? No. But having everything you want may be destructive. But you have a lot that you didn't ask for. That's the meaning of Jawad. Abdullah ibn Abbas said that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana ajwad al-nas. Rasulullah was the most ajwad. And akhwani, we cannot, we cannot emphasize enough the importance of akhlaq when it comes to the impact of our dawah on people. If we're rough and tough and nasty and argumentative and always misbehaving, people won't want to listen to that. What is this? this is the dawah. Look at these people, these crazy people. We could do this when we have this confusion without being in a religion. How many people, they don't have much application of the deen. They don't practice that much from what you see. But the man is Kareem. The man is Jawad. He's giving money and giving sadaqah. And he's, and he's helping. And then there's the one who's practicing and he's bakhil. He's bakhil. He doesn't want to come out of his pocket for anything. Anything. The one who is Kareem will have more impact upon the people. That one who's Kareem. Not just with his money, with his time and other than that. So anyway, Ikhwani, this issue of Allah's names and attributes is from the asul of our religion. And that's why I'm bringing this up. Leave these people who are arguing and fighting and all this karamphatic that's going on and learn about who Allah is and turn your attention to those books that talk about his names and attributes and what they mean and also what the scholars of Islam wrote about those issues. Inna lillahi mi'ata ism illa wahida man jannah Allah has 99 names. 99 names. Anyone who memorizes those names will go into Jannah. 
not just memorizing. He knows those names. He memorized and he knows what they mean and he practices those names. He knows, he memorized. He tries to memorize as many names as possible. Is Abdul Sabur a Sabur? Is that a name of Allah? Abdul Rashid, a Rashid, is it a name of Allah? A Shukur, is it a name of Allah? So we go and we find out these things. Al Mun'im, Abdul Mun'im, is that a name of Allah? So Allah has 99 names. Whoever memorizes them will go to Jannah. Just memorize? No. First of all, Allah has more than 99 names. And He has names that He never told anybody what those names are. No prophet, no messenger, no angel, no jinn, no human being, no wali from the awliya of Allah. Allah Ta'ala kept those names with Himself. So again, memorize them, understands them, and works by them. We're going to stop here, inshallah, azawajal, and we will naktafi bihad al-qadr, sa'ilin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and yuwafiqna wiyakum likuli khair, wa likuli ma yuhibbu wa yarda, hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in, subhanaka lawma wa bihamdika, wa ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.